Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and I have with me, as always, my co-host, Grant McGalliard. Grant, how are you this evening? I'm watching the Astros put the finishing touches on a win over the Boston Red Sox, so I'm doing great, Parker. How about yourself? You know, in a battle between uh, cheaters and liars, Grant, I don't really have a dog in that fight, so um, uh, whatever makes you happy in terms of baseball there. You know, the Red Sox had a little flashlight in center field. The umps caught earlier in this game, so I think uh, I think some some, some claims of moral superiority might not. You be get so to true. choose. You get to choose who the cheater and the liar is in that scenario, but they're on both sides of the equation. Oh, um, I, I, let, I, let me say right now, I'd rather be a cheater than a liar. I'll be honest about cheating. I'll tell you that I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, how are you, bud? What are you been up to? I'm doing great. I uh, I was at a wedding on Sunday night because it was supposed to be Saturday of last year, and they postponed it a year because of the the covid and um uh i had a, a just this revelation moment the song uptown funk came on grant you know uptown uh-huh. funk i do recorded in memphis tennessee shout out and you think about like man i could have been born any time in the entire world and i was born when uptown funk was made and when it played at parties casually and it's just amazing to think that like if you played that song for someone in 1930 they wouldn't even know that it's amazing it would blow their no. mind like you could not there are people alive today who could hear that song and not understand, like, oh, this is like a pop banger. So, you know, it, it, that's just my... Yeah, I feel that way about Locked Out of Heaven. If you played Locked Out of Heaven for someone in, like, 1750, they'd burn you with a stake. Like, yeah. Bruno Mars is fantastic. He gets undue crap. The man makes amazing music. Yeah, I, look, man, there's something to be said for making consistently making super catchy, awesome music. So, um. Yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, it's been a week. Had my uh, BetUS show today. I'm keeping tabs on yeah. App State Coastal because that was my first pick here, and it is uh, it's starting to go well. So, um, Grant, how are you? I didn't ask you. You asked you, 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 you're watching baseball. I didn't. This isn't great podcast. Yeah, banter. yeah, yeah. Did I ask this you is how great you podcast, man. This is such a natural and free-flowing conversation at the top of the show. Yes, you did. I do. I have a wedding this weekend, actually, so I'm excited. Huh? How did you um, cope with when, the uh, Oklahoma loss? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was at a fundraiser, honestly, with my family. We had a really good time. That sounds really pretentious. We don't have any money. We weren't spending out big bills to move some political machine. But uh, it was it was fine. Uh, it was what I expected, Parker. So I can't really complain. Grant, Grant texted me on Saturday night. He was like, man, you will not believe what Barack Obama just said about how bad CJ Caesar is. <laughs> 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 like, man, Martha's Vineyard's getting rowdy. <laughs> Beto pulled me to the side. It was like, they got to do something about the offensive line. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I, mean, I tweeted at like six minutes and 36 seconds of the first quarter. I was like, nope, I do not care about this. Like, and yeah. I kept tabs and there were moments where like, hey, that was cool. Quentin Johnson had some awesome things. Did you see Monday Night Football? They do like a You Got Moss yes. five, five minute mm-hmm. or five man countdown or whatever. Quentin Johnson was number one because he deserved to be because he – made a grown man look like a little boy at, at, uh, for Oklahoma. So that was at least kind of cool that he got some recognition and he and Max were connecting. Um, yeah, that's about all I have to say. It's uh, yeah. like not like any of my perception uh, changed about this team based on what happened on Saturday night, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, uh, without Zach Evans too, not that he would have been a 21-point difference maker, um, but still impressive gonna, that they were able, I think, to – you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask this question. Uh, I'm going to ask two questions. One of them, mm-hmm. edit out at your discretion. Um, okay. Does Zach Evans play for TCU in 2022? 
I don't know why. I think yes, but I would not be surprised if he didn't. Makes me nervous, man. Makes me yeah. nervous. The second second and, and, question is and, more. And of just, I, I want to oh, also make sure that we say, "Go off, King. Do whatever you want to do. Go get that. Go get the bag, yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're not doing me any personal vet. Like you don't owe me anything, no. Zach Evans. Yeah. I want the best yeah. for you. Um, someday I'll find someone like you, Zach Evans. Um, the other thing that I was going to say is like, yes, it was what twenty one points, so fifty two thirty one. The last yep. drive touchdown, it was like, you know, they got Make-A-Wish a touchdown there. It really didn't matter. And you think about TCU gave Oklahoma a short field on the on the missed um, mm-hmm. onside kick, which, Grant, I don't know the last time TCU has tried an onside kick, let alone gotten one successfully. Um, oh, man. I'm trying to – did they – yeah, it's been a long time. I, like I, I actually can't remember. The, yeah. I know. What are the weird – Arkansas games, I thought they might, but I don't think they did. Thinking back, um, yeah, no, I think they missed be, one. No, they squibbed it. The Arkansas game, I think the one they lost in in Fort Worth with a Kenny Hill front yeah. slash penalty, they did like a squib kick on that short field, That's and it. Arkansas was able to kick yeah. a field goal, but it wasn't yeah. an onside kick. But yeah, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. That was Look, man, they went for a fourth down. I don't know. We can talk about play calling. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, well, we knew what was going to happen in that game. Not the issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean yeah. it could be better, but. There's not. I mean, if the defense is playing like this, you're not gonna you're not gonna outscore Oklahoma. You're just not gonna do it. Um, no, there's not a chance. So, yeah. yeah. Well, any anything else that you want to talk about before we get to uh, West Virginia? Anything off field that we need to address? I'm trying to wrap my brain. It's been it's been pretty quiet. Um, I don't know. It just kind of feels like business as usual. I don't know. Yeah. I was talking. Yeah. I was talking with my good friend Matt Jennings the other day about just, you know, sort of where we kind of want to see, you know, improvement against West Virginia. And um, so I'm going to try not to bite any of his takes tonight, uh, try to come original. But, uh, no, we were just kind of remarking on how, you know, um, it's just it's just another game week. Uh, it's, it's amazing how boring TCU football has become. Well, Grant, I have to tell you, West Virginia stinks. They're bad. Oh, they're bad. Um, holy cow, App State. I have to pause this. I'm so sorry. Keep this in the podcast. That's okay. App State just hit a long touchdown. Woof. Um, tied it up. Uh, West Virginia's bad. They're, 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 they're actually really, really bad. Their two wins on the season um, have been uh, a, a 66-0 win against the Long Island University Sharks. Um, and then a 27-21 win against West Virginia in which West Virginia had two first end goals and could not score on either of them and probably should have come away with a win on that game. Um, otherwise they gonna, lost to. I'm, I'm going to real time. I'm going to real time edit you. Uh, you said West Virginia in place of Virginia tech and it was very funny oh, and also very yeah. confusing. Well, every, Those you know, programs I'm, would get I'm, mad if, if they knew that. As a member of the upper class and one of the um, elites of society, all oh, West, no. all Virginias are the same to me, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that, there's there's a lot of American history we can go into there that actually would kind of tie that take in. But okay, that's fine. Uh, big fan of Patrick Henry. Um, actually, I don't I don't endorse everything about Patrick Henry. I don't know everything about Patrick <laughs> Henry. I'm going to get off this segment. Okay, so anyway, so basically West Virginia snuck by an okay Virginia Tech team. And then has just lost to everyone else. 23-20 against a pretty bad Texas Tech team. Oklahoma, they were able to disrupt mostly because their interior defensive line was so good. Um, and they made, you know, they got in inside of Spencer Rattler's head. But generally, this team hasn't looked 
great on either side of the ball. They are 93rd in EPA per play, 86th on offense, 81st on on defense. Um, and so I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't know. Do you have any reason to believe that West Virginia is is good? Are before there we get to factors? that, yeah. Before we get to that, can I do a spontaneous explain it to an idiot real quick? Yeah, sure. Or ask ask you to do one, I suppose. But yeah. you mentioned so West Virginia is what ninety. I was going to say, where's the idiot? You're going to explain it to right? Me, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and get my dog in here. Uh, West Virginia is what like late ninety or late nineties uh, EPA per play, right? You said. Yeah, ninety third overall. Okay, or whatever. But their both their offense and their defense are in the eighties. So with EPA per play, it seems like if you have one strong unit, you can really kind of swing the balance of that stat. Even if your other unit, it's better to have one strong unit and one bad one than two sort of bad ones. Yes. So the way that that works is like. Um... It, the EPA per play margin is a net, right? And so it's offense minus defense. And so if your offense is really good, but your defense is bad, you're still going to get a pretty good bump and vice versa. But if you're right. if you're bad at both, obviously to be short, if you're if you're middling at one and bad at the other, or you're middling at both, your margin's not going to be good. And so what EPA per play gotcha. margin does just says on net how much better is your offense than your defense? Because Grant, I don't know, big in football, you just want to score more than you get scored on. And so. Um, EPA per play there literally just is saying offense offense per play minus defense per play. And so West Virginia is gotcha. negative on offense. And so when you subtract it on defense, their margin's actually negative because their defense is, is positive and that's bad. So on net, I'm saying uh, on an average play on offense or defense, uh, West Virginia is is uh, having negative value. They're adding gotcha. negative value. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I, I prefer to win by one. So I don't know what how that factors into EPA and, and subtracting offense defense. But yeah, look, I, man, I, 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 I want to win games. I don't want to make out with spreadsheets. So the best team is one that has a positive EPA per play of 0.01 and then a defense that is exactly at zero. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then over 60 plays, you, you barely win by a Yeah, exactly. Right. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk. Yeah, so let's talk about West Virginia. You, I'm going to put you on the spot again, even though a I said before the podcast you were driving, and b I just put you on the spot earlier. But you came into this season very high on a a certain West Virginia quarterback named Jared Dagey, and I just kind of want to feel you out there because what happened? Well, what 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 really happened to Jared Dagey is two things. One, um, he didn't ever get the consistent clean pockets that I thought he would get. I thought their offensive line would regress and he has not. Um, and so that really messes with a guy. Uh, and two, the drops haven't improved for, for West Virginia either. And so maybe that's an artifact of Daigie throwing some hummers, but just overall West Virginia's offense is, is a really bad situation. And so a guy who has looked good in certain situations, my thought was, Hey man, if we can keep him clean, we, cause I'm a member of West Virginia in this scenario, if we can keep him clean, if the drops get better, um, then he'll be able to take this step forward. I think that he could be really good. He's not, he didn't, he didn't take that step forward. They didn't have, right. they didn't have the circumstances around that. The drops didn't get better. I'm looking at drop percentage right now on minimum, uh, qualifiers and he is not even first in the big 12, but he's way up there. Uh, 4.8% of his passes are dropped, according to PFF. What are they? 48 
Oh, that seems way less than last year. So maybe the drops improved a little bit. So maybe he was bad. Yeah, I don't know. Miss. Yeah, Total miss. I'm just reading the stat. Wanted to believe. I don't, the, I don't think the offensive line has been uh, very good for them. And last year, it's like, you know, there. they're starting a couple freshmen. And and presser, presser really disrupts. And yeah. Diggy's splits from from clean pocket and, and pressure were pretty stark. But it still hasn't um, it hasn't really gotten any better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's dropped back sixty-seven times, been sacked fourteen. He's you know he's had passes batted down nine times, which I, I think is more of an offensive line stat than a quarterback stat. Um, yeah, he, he yeah. hasn't had the time to uh, t- to throw. Um, also, he's and, a robot. Sacked up pressures to sack yeah. is like, hey, how often are you avoiding it? And he one in five times he's getting sacked. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pressure he, like he's just he can't move. No, he does not move. The other thing too. Um, is that I think the pressure is affecting his ability to go downfield. His ADOT is 9.2, which I know West Virginia isn't going to run the most wide-open downfield passing game just by nature with Neil Brown at, at coach there, but um, that's still pretty low for a guy that we thought could be explosive that has you know, wide receiver talent that, that may have had a drop issue, but but I think could be good. Um, so so that's another another facet of it. Yeah, and I think that we talked about this offseason about West Virginia. Uh, we're just doing the offense. We'll get to some of these stats here in a second. Uh, yeah. You know, they have some guys who are, who are pretty good, like Winston Wright Jr., uh, 11.4 yards per reception. Bryce Ford Wheaton, 13.9 yards per reception. Um, and, and, you know, Sam James and, and some other guys mixing in there. But but generally, they, they have two, you know, legitimate living, breathing wide receivers, and then they're kind of mixing in around, you know, Sam James is probably the next the next most used guy there. Sure. Um, but it, it doesn't seem like that three-headed monster. Who was the guy? I guess he's hurt because he hasn't had any um, targets. But the one that had all the drops last year uh, is, is oh, no longer involved. Yeah. I, I was trying to find my notes in preseason and, and couldn't find uh, – hold on. Though, I'll find his name. But I know you're talking about – I mean, that was an unbelievable drop record. And I'm stalling yeah. because I find it. Was it uh, um, TJ Simmons? Simmons. I was going to say, but yeah. there's another TJ on this roster and it made me confused a little bit. There's TJ um, Banks, but uh, yeah, anyway. He's nobody. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's really white, uh, right? Ford Whedon and then James. Those guys, you know, 43, 32, and 31 targets total, which is that makes up right there 70, 100. That makes up more than like 60% of their total targets go to those three guys mm-hmm. in the passing game. Um, but you know, yards per reception, nobody really has a big downfield threat, 11, 13, 13. So that three headed kind of monster we thought could be there coupled with, you know, the, the punch from Letty Brown hasn't really manifested. So when you look at their stats, you break it out on offense, they are a little bit better against the rush than the pass, but they're bad at both 85th in EPA per pass, negative 0.025, 74th in EPA per rush at at 0.007. Grant, they're only getting a quality possession on 44.2% of drives. That is 92nd in the nation. Um, Not good. And they're 104th on, on late down success. So if they don't if they don't get it on early downs, man, they are just, uh, they are screwed. And again, if I want to beat Jared Diggy, I want him to be in third nine and have right. to, you know, pass and beat me. So Right, because he doesn't throw more than nine yards down the field. Well, and the other thing too, and I don't want to interrupt, kind of finding pace principles here. And, but um, one way to get early down success is to, you know, either kind of stack short passes or to be able to run on first down and kind of get, you know, five, six yards per rush, whatever. And West Virginia is not doing that, even with Lady Brown at running back. Um, the run game has not been, I think, what we thought it was going to be. Um, 
And, and so there's really no facet of this offense that West Virginia can point to and say, hey, we're going to get five yards on first down, put us in second and five, and give us some options. Because it, it, it's not really yeah. working out. Yes, and and Grant, they're only they're they're fifteenth in the nation in early downs rush rate. They're only rushing forty two point nine percent of first and second downs. So they really are trying to get passes. They're really relying on Letty kind of in the back of, um, you know, on, on those late downs. Hold on, I, I just I, I want to make this very clear because I love how you interpreted that stat. So early down rush rate, you rank teams higher the less they run on first down. It's very funny to me. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Third down's passing just, is basically the only thing that matters in college football. Uh, <laughs> okay, fair enough. But, but I, I mentioned Letty Brown. I don't mean to bag him because I, I do think he has a lot of talent. But he's only averaging four point four yards per rush. Um, he has six touchdowns. I mean, I'm, these are base stats. I'm just and I'm cherry picking. But he has six touchdowns against two fumbles. He is only averaging two point three one yards after contact. Um, he does have an eighty yard run, but he only has seven runs longer than 10 yards, and that's on 120 attempts. I mean, he's churning, but he's not going anywhere. Yeah, and can I – I think I actually have a diagnosis for this. So these stats okay. are from last week, two weeks ago maybe? No, last week. Uh, so so they're I – don't, I don't know what happened this weekend, but uh, I guess West Virginia was off, so it doesn't change for him. Uh, Letty Brown is fourth in the Big 12 in percent of his rushes that come on third and fourth down. So 18 per 18.8, almost one in five of his rushes are third down rushes. His average distance, so the average yards to go when Letty Brown gets the ball on third down rushes, Grant, 8.1 yards. Hmm. And so that's where you see even like that, that 4.0 or whatever yards per carry number is inflated because if you're trying to get third and eight, I'm fine to like sit back and then, and then stop you for four yards. Like that's still a win for the defense. So the situational usage of Letty Brown is really interesting. That makes me nervous because what is TCU really, really bad at, Grant? A lot of things. Situational awareness? Well, <laughs> subtly. We <laughs> 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 said we weren't going to do it. That's no, only what about football. That is only about the football field. They're bad at tackling people on first contact. Oh, yeah. Well, they're bad at, yeah, they're bad at, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if it comes down to, hey, you know, TCU's run fits versus Letty Brown, who's really good, even if they're using him really poorly, that might be that might be troublesome. Yeah, Mike, can I can I bag on Jarrett Diggy one more time? I'm sorry. I don't I don't mean to do no, this. No, please. Uh, I deserve it. He, Grant, if I was right about everything, you wouldn't hear from me again. I'd be sitting on the beach rich yeah. with my new friends. Um, He's fumbled five times this year. Those are mostly sacks. Right, like that's yeah. Just sucks. I don't get. I don't really necessarily care. He's fumbled five times. It's funny. It's very funny. <laughs> he's he's um, average. Yeah, the man is a statue, and so am I. I'm very slow. So you are very but, slow. But, but and yet somehow. Okay, no, I was reading that wrong. But anyway, it's just it, it's 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 comical to me. He does have one point two six yards after contact, so he's got that going for him. That's not zero. Um, that's probably all on that 80 yard run. Probably <laughs> that's probably yeah, he right. got hit on that 80 yard. No, run. So, no, that, that's Daggy, not not Letty. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, Daggy does. Sorry, I'm I'm just in PFF right now. But Daggy does have uh, three rushes longer than 10 yards, and I'm going to interview that that had to all be against LIU. 
and they all had to be on third down. Yeah, so all these right, stats right, here right, exactly. aren't filtered yeah, yeah, against yeah. that. Yeah. And so all my – like the numbers, like the EPA numbers don't include the LIU right. nonsense. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I will say – oh, I was going to say, the 1.6 yards after carry, that's – do you know – are you familiar with the term dead cat bounce? Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, you threw a cat out the window and it, it hits the ground, dead cat out the window and it hits the ground and it bounces up and then it comes back down. A bad economist or data person is going to see that rise and think, oh no, it's increasing. That 1.6 yards after carry is like Jared Dagey's oh. little dead cat bounce. Like he gets hit and bounces forward <laughs> a couple yards. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oh, not man. great. It's not great. Um, and so, yeah. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no you no, no, go no. ahead. I'm just going to say, oh, oh, if you insist. With, oh, the Astros just won. All right. Um, hell yeah. So, without Diggy working and without Letty Brown working and without any sort of coherent offensive strategy, it, it, it amazes me how much this West Virginia team has regressed because I think, you know, Neil Brown was the alt Twitter, alt college football Twitter darling for forever. And then he comes here to West Virginia and, and I get the Big 12 has good teams in it. It's a step up from Troy, but I don't know, man. I, it's, it's very disappointing because they, they have failed yeah. to establish any sort of coherence on offense. Yeah. Even, if, even, uh, if the plan, even if the plan is to just ride Letty, which I know is anathema to you know people who think that early downs rushing doesn't matter, but they can't even do that correctly. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering how – I mean, LIU must be really bad for them to put up 66 points against them. I, I don't know how they, how they beat West Virginia. It, it's, it's just – God did the same thing you did, how they beat Virginia Tech. It's, it just amazes me that they haven't taken a step forward. Yes, and, and this offseason, I, I said they, they were in a position to be able to do that. And it's funny, I was talking over at uh, the dudes at Smoking Must Get. Um, I never know who I'm always talking to there, but I'm pretty sure it's Matt that I was talking to in the DMs. Or uh, maybe his name is Mike. I'm a bad guy. I can't remember. Um, but he was saying that this offseason, he was really worried that there were going to be a bunch of jobs open and that Brown would be a candidate that would go to one of them. And now he's like, hmm, could I interest you in a slightly used Neil Brown? Like, does anyone want a secondhand Neil Brown for a discount? Um, and it's not like it's not like he's not good. It is just a little bit the magic's worn off of like, okay, all right, if this is, you know, you, you got some stuff down the pipe and, and maybe you'll get a little better. But like, man, this this looks real bad what you're putting out on the field right now. Um, yeah, one, one thing I will say about the offense is at, at the very least, their, their uh, offensive line has been very healthy. Um, Gemiter, Fraser, Gimiter, maybe I can't remember. We had this debate. Frazier, Yates, Nestor, and Moore have have basically played every every snap um, for for pass blocking, and so that that's at least good that they have some guys. I mean, Yates is really really bad at tackle, and and Nestor. Remember we talked about he was at Virginia Tech, and he disrupted um, that guy that played for Duke, the edge rusher who transferred to Penn State. Yes. He yep, had like a yep. really good game against him. We're like, man, maybe he could be good. He's not. He hadn't been playing great. I, I, listen, um, Yates ain't great, and Moore is not much better. Uh, yeah. At, at do you have great? Do you have grades on 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 on? on um, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What it hit me with grades? Just again, okay. grades are what they are, but they're they're helpful. They are what they are, and again, this is per PFF. So Yates, um, Yates is a fifty-five point seven overall, fifty-nine run block, forty-five pass. Moore is a 55 overall, 41 run block, but a 74 pass. 
Um, so at yeah. least he has that going for him. Yeah. Well, they're not. Um, Should also note that, they're, they're, uh, like, as far as no, I was going to note penalties too. Um, not penalized oh, often. Yeah. Doug Nestor's got four at guard, um, he, at right guard, and uh, Zach Frazier has three at center. But everyone else just has one. Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting because they're they're running play action pretty. I mean, you know, one one and four, twenty seven percent with with Daigie. They're only throwing screens on 12% of dropbacks. And so they're not, you know, Texas Tech, we talk about all the time, until we're blue in the face, like, hey, their offensive line isn't good. That's why they throw a ton of screens, and that's why then their offensive line stats look good. But West Virginia's not really doing a bunch of screens um, no, it's overall. They are doing a – yeah, I mean, so 41% of Daigie's attempts have come zero to zero to nine yards downfield. And so really all they're trying to do is, like, don't let Daigie die and get our playmakers the ball, but they know right. that they don't maybe have the playmakers to do screens all the, all the time. Right. Yeah. And, and that's part of the problem too, is just that, okay, well, you know, if, if the other team knows that you're not going to have time to throw the ball down the field because your offensive line isn't up to snuff, they can key in on those short passes, those, um, uh, you know, screen passes, all that. And then you're just kind of stuck in limbo with really nowhere to go. I mean, short passes, Parker, you know, if the wide receivers aren't going to make yards after contact, make yards after contact, or gain yards after after the catch or after contact or whatever, then, then there's really nothing you're doing that's that has explosive potential. Right, except that you'll you'll be looking for missed tackles, right? Right. So um, so maybe here's a theory. In practice, the defense misses tackle so much that they think, wow, this is a great game plan. Our wide receivers are really good when they go into games. I'm like, oh, crap, the other team knows how to tackle. Yes, but I'm saying specifically for TCU, like, especially if, like, THT is out, for instance. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And the secondary making tackles, I'm like, okay, if I have to go, uh, <laughs> like, if I have to think about, you know, do I want Bryce Ford Wheaton in the open field versus CJ Caesar or whatever, I'm going to give the edge to Bryce Ford Wheaton. So it'll be interesting to see how TCU messes around with who's on the field where to maybe put guys like D. Winters, the Kendrick Van Zant, a little more in conflict and take some stress off of the corners that are that are bad and depleted, given that West right. Virginia is not going to go deep. Granted, Grant, my game plan if I'm playing TCU's offense is I'm going to my first like three drives, I'm just going to sling it and hope for a PI oh, yeah. or hope for yeah. a like. I'm going to throw deep until you can stop it. And then, and then, you know, knowing I have Letty Brown and your rush defense is terrible, I'll I'll punch you when you, when you adjust. So I don't know if they have the confidence in Daigie to do that, but that's what I would do. This, this feels like a three, three, five game. If I'm TCU and just kind of making sure I have, I I have personnel. I want, I want personnel in the defensive backfield to be able to kind of make those tackles and gum up the middle and those short passing, passing lanes. Yeah. Man, have I talked about how disappointed I am that like Kenny Turnier didn't work out and Shad Banks yes. isn't playing now? Like, and Marcel Brooks is playing wide receiver. Dude, Keegan this weekend, Keegan Renault, the Oklahoma guy, um, was just like spamming my inbox with how bad Jamoyah was. He's like, "Who's number six? He's gonna get yelled at. What is he doing?" Um, it was just, it's just rough, man. It's just hard. It's like nobody has a real role. Nobody knows what they're doing. Um, this concludes my thoughts on the TCU team. Well, <laughs> what I was going to say, well, no, we said beforehand we were going to talk X's and O's, and this counts. Okay. Um, 
But no, I understand. It, it just I, basically I, I, I'll take it out of a TCU context. And what I would say, I think the best way to defend West Virginia is to have a bunch of people between zero and ten yards of the line of scrimmage. I mean, I think we can a, a team, a base level team would kind of have their safeties up closer and just ready to kind of make those tackles yeah. once his receivers catch the ball short, sort of uh, the first down marker. Uh, like flexible, like, like, like flexible personnel, but heavy boxes maybe. Yeah. That's exactly would be the right. way to go. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Yep. Um, again, some of that's limited by like, what can you install and how much can you prepare for? So this is like real inside baseball here, but sure. okay, Grant, I'm, I'm TCU's head coach right now. Right. Um, and what I'm thinking is, Hey, our run defense is really bad. I know that West Virginia is going to try and run against us, but I also know that they're going to try and run against us. So if I spend all week with guys who don't really know the playoff and don't know their assignments, not know the playbook and don't really know their assignments, and I try and get them to learn something new and stretch them even thinner, is Neil Brown just going to come back and run like an entire like screens and goes offense just to screw with me? And if so, am I going to be completely exposed because we haven't covered our assignments there? We're still thin. There's a lot of like back and forth here just for the guy like Neil Brown who I think is pretty pretty receptive to opponent adjustments in terms of his game plan, right? I do, and I would also um, I'm going to try to phrase this correctly. I, I don't want to overlook West Virginia, and I understand that you know, uh, you know, every year is it, it, it's a one game season, right? It's a one week season, you know, whatever. You, just, you right. play the opponent, you play on Saturday. Is it worth installing that for West Virginia? Because ideally, yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't, well, I, what I'm saying is that, well, I, know, I don't think I, it is, but somebody sure. thinks it is. Well, what, what I'm saying is that if ideally, in a perfect world, you'd like to be confident in your defense enough to say, hey, we can beat West Virginia playing our concept. All right, maybe you add a wrinkle or two, but. With our base level defense, we can beat this West Virginia team, ideally. And then you you, you put in the, the the kooky stuff for Oklahoma or whoever. Um, this is not an ideal. Yes. World, so. No, no, and, and very much, but but again, that is that kind of sequential game planning that I think we don't really see out of TCU at all. Um, and and it's something I would like to see because again, you know, West Virginia doesn't use play action a ton, right? For instance, mm-hmm. TCU has West Virginia, Kansas State, and then Baylor. Baylor uses play action more than anyone else in the conference right here because Jerry Bohannon under pressure can't, like, they don't want to test him under pressure. And so my goal is, hey, look, I'm confident in my two rushers. I don't know, my one and a half rusher because Kari Coleman's evidently dead. Um, uh, but, but so, like, what I would like to do these next two games if I'm TCU's defense is I would like to figure out fronts to, one, address my run fit issue, but two – address how to get to the quarterback consistently enough that I take away the play action game. Cause that's going to take some pressure off my quarterbacks. It's going to take some, cre- some, some pressure off of my run fits as well. Cause they're not going to be able to, you know, make those safeties as prone to getting sacrificed by play action. So again, I don't think TCU is going to think that way. I think TCU is going to think West Virginia doesn't run play action a lot. We're not really going to worry about that. Um, but, but it'd be nice to see some sequential kind of, um, game planning going on here um that that is i think unless you have anything else on the defense i think that's a nice transition into the offense just to say like what are your goals against west virginia well i think this is a game and i don't want to sound like a broken record or an eternal optimist but a game where tcu can score west virginia's defense has not been what i expected it to be this year and it's weird because you look at the stats and and uh 
you know, on, on PFF or the advanced stats or whatever with, with you know, your EPA. And then you look at the end scores of games, you think, well, they're not that bad, but they kind of are. Um, you know, their, their defensive line hasn't been as great as I thought it would be. Their corners aren't that great. They can't tackle a soul. And they don't really have anyone to speak of a linebacker. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of weird that they've held, you know, Oklahoma to, was it, 16 points. And, uh, uh, you know, they held Texas Tech to, to 23. And yet they still stink. Yeah, it, it turns out the uh, Stills brothers were uh, multiplicative. Like that's not a uh, that's not an A plus B equals uh, equals C situation. That's A times B equals C and and zero otherwise. Um, they are eighty uh, first on on defense. Like I said, hundred and ninth against the pass. Really, really bad. A little bit better against the rush. Twenty eighth overall. But that's kind of a selection issue. If you're this bad against the pass, Grant. Why would I ever run unless I'm up, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to come after you. It's crazy to see West Virginia have some absolute dudes last year, lose them through the transfer portal or to the draft, and, and be confident in who they have replacing them, and them just to not be there. So, like, remember last year, Akeem Mesador at one point, I think, had 37 pass rushers and, like, 12 pressures. The dude in two games last year was murdering people. And he's just fine. He has 16 total pressures on 174 pass rushes. He's probably their best player right now on defense, but he's far from this like animal that he I thought he was last year, and that's their best player right now. It's like he's fine. Um, outside of him, they really have some issues in um, in some of these guys in the secondary. Uh, look, looking around, there's nobody like that Tyke Smith last year that makes you think, oh, we've got to throw the ball away from him. And so knowing that you have for TCU, you have to keep like six-man protection because you can't block. You have um, a running back who is dealing with whatever issues that limit his carries. You have a wide receiver who is probably better than anybody else you've had in your program in a very long time. And you have a, um, a quarterback who has a foot injury that's limiting his, his biggest skill, which is his rushing. And so... If I'm TCU's defense, or offense rather, what I want to do is figure out kind of three main questions. One, how do I design an offense without Zach Evans? How do I not have a huge drop off if Zach Evans is not available to me? Two, how do I get Quentin Johnston the ball knowing that the defense knows we want to get Quentin Johnston the ball? Um, And three, how do I cater to Max Duggan's strengths knowing that his biggest strength is absolutely limited given that he has whatever foot injury. Those three questions for me, I'm I'm less concerned about the actual results this weekend and more concerned about what TCU does on those three fronts. Um, Because that, TCU is three and three, right? Am I wrong about that? Three and three, three and four? Three three and three is correct, yeah. They have played Oklahoma and Texas. Those are two of the better teams in the Big 12. They lost a stupid game to SMU. They have looked bad, but Grant, they have every game left on the schedule is winnable for TCU, even given their rushing issues. It's winnable. I'm not saying it's likely they'll win. I'm saying it is winnable. That means that every game needs to be an opportunity to improve. We don't need a win by one. We don't need a Texas Tech, whatever it takes, we're happy. You know, it's hard to win and we're happy to win. Um, TCU uh, needs an identity. I'm I'm just hopping. I know they didn't like put pedal to the metal against Tech, but they did beat the hell out of Tech, technically. Yes, but how do they beat the hell out of Tech? 
by rushing against a terrible rushing defense. Okay. They didn't do anything to develop themselves. The same thing, you know, the same thing I've been saying forever. I'm not going to say it again. Whatever. But I, so no, no I, and I don't mean to get into this debate, but at, at some because I don't think they're doing enough to develop talent and develop their offense and create like sustainable growth. But they did beat the hell. Now it, it was by caveman methods, but they did beat the hell out of Tech. They did. At, at, I, at, at, at some point, can we I just have ask to ask a question. Okay, go ahead. How come they only averaged four point nine yards per carry against Oklahoma? Then, if I don't know, right, I, like, I, I'm, I'm speaking about you I'm can't speaking, run over everyone. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, can't run I, over. I, no, no, no. That's not the argument I'm making. I, I'm, I'm individually in that game, they beat the hell out of Tech. That's all I'm saying. It wasn't a win by one type. They beat the hell out of. Do I have to talk about fighting kindergartners again? I'm not doing that. We're please we're don't do that. All I'm this. saying, all I'm saying is, is that <laughs> at some point we have, we do, we are allowed to acknowledge when TCU does beat a team by multiple scores. Sure, yes, that's great. But TCU should have beaten them by multiple scores, and they, uh, and and they, they did. Uh, you know, I'm not carrying water for this administration. I'm just saying you, I think it's. I, you know, I'm not carrying water for this administration. I'm just saying I think it's okay to acknowledge when TCU beats a team by a lot. Fine, you got me. TCU won by multiple scores against a really, really bad team by doing only the thing that team is bad at. Congratulations. TCU can't do that to anyone else. I would call that smart game planning. I would say that's smart. TCU can't do anything else. It literally only works against Texas Tech. It only works against Texas Tech. If if you're wearing a bulletproof uh, bulletproof vest, I'm not going to shoot you in the chest. I think that's arguably worse than fighting kindergartners that I talked about last time. At least I said they would call the fight. You're shooting to kill this week, Grant. That's an unprecedented level of violence. Whatever. Anyway, the point is, I don't even know what the point is anymore. But but, but against West Virginia, I mean, let's, let's, I don't want to talk bad about college kids, but let's pick avenues where TCU can succeed, right? So coming into the season, I was really high on Nick Troy Fortune. Turns out maybe I should have Great name. All-time name. name. All-time name. Parker, uh, every single one of West Virginia's starting secondary is allowing over a 50% catch rate in coverage. It's not good. It's not very good. bad. It's very, very bad. Parker, Yep. the West Virginia defense has, and I'm going to go ahead and count here, uh, and their starters, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people with a missed tackle rate above 12%. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, I, I would point to Dante Stills, who I didn't see this coming, but he is missing 20% of his tackles. So, you know, it's not great. Um, and and there are not. Yeah. I, and a lot of these grants are in the secondary. And so what I'm interested in, especially these safeties, like Aday and Mahone, both nine, nine, nine missed tackles, both. Um, they're allowing 68 and 73% reception. And if you look at yards after catch, um, Sean Mahone's gotten burned once or twice. I'm interested to see what a Tay Barber type could do over the middle. Remember, a couple times Tay Barber this season has gotten the ball in space. And, and TCU, I think, still really doesn't understand how to attack that second option. So, one, I want them to get the ball to Quentin Johnson. But they need to be able to fall back on somebody in the middle. And I think that this is a perfect game for Tay Barber to kind of experiment with let's get him the ball running in space and make a couple guys who are bad at tackling miss and see if we can't figure out a way to consistently get him a ball enough that you have to adjust. And then I get Quentin Johnson one-on-one over the top and I eat that up all day long. 
Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And, and I think they're, you know, I mentioned earlier, West Virginia does not have a linebacking core really to uh, speak of, especially not in pass coverage. Um, so if, if you run a slot guy, you know, this might be a good Carter Ware game even, but I think there's going to be space over the middle where, you know, TCU can succeed in, 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 uh, in doing so. I, I, I want that for Tay Barber. I want, you know, it's the greatest feeling in the world, and Kansas City does it. I, I, it's the team that comes to mind. But when you see the wide receiver, the slot guy catch the ball like four yards past the line of scrimmage, and you quickly realize there's no safety, no linebacker, whatever, over the middle, and he turns and burns, one of my favorite plays in, in football. And there's yeah. ample opportunity for that to happen against West Virginia. Um, even And even if there is a safety over the middle, they can't tackle. So, oh well. I haven't that. seen that um... – Man, remember the uh, you remember the uh, the bookie killer that TCU ran against Oklahoma last year, uh-huh. where yeah. Tay Barber started outside, he motioned in, he started in, circled around, and then ended up running. It's kind of like a weird like Florida Lee yeah. sail route. Yep, and yep. basically just like went in and around and just ran by bookie. Um, I think it would be interesting for TCU to try something like that, especially given that Max has shown a little bit more of an ability to to find a guy like that in space. Um, and so again, just the imagination is what I'm interested in. Look, obviously need to get Quentin Johnson, the ball. I'm really worried, Grant, that TCU is going to fall into the trap of, um, they kind of did with Rager where they said, Oh, we need to give him the ball. So let's let, let him run the wildcat or have him go in motion. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, Quentin yeah. Johnson needs to get 50, 50 balls downfield. He needs to get the ball running on a post route. He needs to get the ball in the end zone on a flag, like get him yeah. the ball downfield. I agree. I'm going to talk about short passing one more time because I just thought of an avenue where TCU could exploit here. Especially if Evans is in the game, I'd be fine with Miller doing it too. But um, Parker, did you play Madden growing up or NCAA football? Um, I, I did on the. Uh, you're talking about on the uh, SNES. Yes, yeah, on, on the uh, uh, Atari. Was it one of them called like the Commodore or something? Or something? Wait, no, that wasn't weird. a joke. I thought you were actually. No, I didn't play. I haven't played modern whatever. Yes, really, like PlayStation or whatever. No. I, I, like, I played it at, like, a friend's house. Just not like, yeah, you know, life happens. Okay. I've never had yeah, a PlayStation I'm... or an Xbox. Uh, yeah, you were too busy going outside, I suppose. Um, but anyway. It's too busy. <laughs> Have you seen Parks and Rec? We're here. We're living. Yeah, There's yeah. an episode of Parks and Rec where the journalist gets uh, <laughs> gets mad at her, and she's like, because uh, what they do is they – they Leslie Nope's emails are getting recorded or whatever, uh-huh. so they plant fake information about Star Wars. And mm-hmm. the reporter says something about midi chlorians in this in the soil, and they're oh, like, yeah? "Midi chlorians is from Star Wars." And the reporter's like, "Well, I didn't know about that because I was too busy hooking up with guys in high school." I, I, I was going to say, "Like, do you want to start talking numbers, Trilando? Like, get get to step <laughs> I was going to say you're busy, too busy talking to girls, but um, <laughs> the uh, a play that always worked in those games, both both EA games, obviously, is uh, halfback angle. Right, so halfback runs out, cuts cuts back in. Right, Um, great. uh, I think Spencer Hall pointed this out on Twitter, and I noticed it too. Humble brag. Um, And then I checked Twitter, and he had tweeted about it. But in the Georgia Kentucky game, Georgia scored either the first or second touchdown on a halfback angle. Um, Yeah, beautifully executed. And Kentucky's a really good defense, but sometimes if you're not set up to defend it, it it can really catch you off guard. And that's one of those where the matchup, man, you can. Yeah, one of those which is what I'm saying can happen. What I'm saying, well, I, with I like e- Evans or Miller against this West Virginia defense where there's really nothing over the middle, that, that's a good way to get them involved in the passing game, not just on screens or flares or checkdowns, but as a design yeah. play to create space over the middle. 
have you granted uh granted i haven't um watched this game this year with as much vigor as i did last year um have you noticed the the halfback wheel route that they ran so i think they ran it only twice last year to evans and the first uh-huh. one max overthrew it the second yeah. one he underthrew it and yeah. and they just never really got him a chance to dial it in that's a route that I feel like, man, I love the odds of Zach Evans versus a linebacker in the seam. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like the Pro Wells seam thing where it's like they did it once and it didn't work. And they're like, oh, darn, I guess we can't yeah. run this again. So um, I, I just want to, again, imagination. I just want to see what they're able to do. Sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, this, this this unit just really has disappointed me. I, I kind of had it circled as, as a unit that can be really tough, the West Virginia defense. And again, you look at the scoreboard, you say maybe they are, but you look at the, the, the actual stats, and it's just been you know, weird games where they've kind of finagled their way in and on allowing a lot of points. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's No, that's smart. And even that West Virginia, like that Virginia Tech game, they should have lost by two scores. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just uh, sometimes that's the way football go, you know? Yeah, <laughs> they don't think it'd be like it is, but it do. You realize now, of course, this is going to be like three to two TCU, and it's going to oh, be a last-second yeah. field yeah, goal yeah, or yeah. something freaking oh, awful. It's supposed to rain or anything. 2019 West uh, Virginia was my least favorite game in the world because it was forecast to rain, and then we all dressed up for it to rain and be a little cold, and then it got like muggy. Oh, it was so awful. Oh. It never rained. It was just this like thick heat, wet. Oh, it was awful. Oh no, it's it's terrible. it's sunny, high eighty six, low is sixty six. Um, we're, good. we're good. We're good. That, that game, that was the first game you and I, uh, that was like the second time we ever talked in person. Literally, game. literally the second time we met in person. And uh, it was the worst yeah, game. Pretty, pretty crazy. Either of us have ever been to. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not one of my, it was, it was, it was pretty not tight, uh, in terms of, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't very cash money of TCU. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cash money. I feel like that's a meme from like 2009. It is, so I know. It's the best. I bring, I bring um, it back. All right. What else is there about West Virginia? Do you want to do? Uh, do you want to get have, hear a word from our listeners here? Let's hear some. Let's scroll through these and make some, make fun of some of these and uh, pre uh, predictions, and then we'll talk about our best case, worst case, and then uh, I think we got some time to go around the Big Twelve a little bit too. So yeah. let's uh, let's kick the ball around. Okay. Um, uh, Nick Picks says we will we will not lose, and he has music signs on it. So I think that's like we will we will rock we you. Will, to the Everyone we do that will in your head. Not yeah. lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, Chuck uh, Chuck McElroy at Roll Builder TX Frogs thirty eight twenty one. I, I think that's kind of the consensus range. I think. Uh, I'm gonna hate that game because I think I think I tweeted back at uh, Charlie Hogue said that he said like 38, 31, 37, 31 frogs. Yeah, and I'm gonna hate that game. It, it's probably gonna happen. Oh, it's not gonna hate be fun. That game. Yeah. Um, Manfred um, went. Mason. At, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say Manfred went at went Manfred twenty four ten. Didn't say who, but he did re- re- respond to another tweet that said frogs by ninety. So I'm guessing he's picking a TCU win. Okay. Uh, uh, Mason Treen says twenty four seventeen TCU, which is just um, an awful prediction. And uh, I hate it. this TCU offense is gonna score more than twenty four points this weekend. It's just well, gonna happen. It, it has to. Uh, JD Sailors says he's done his research. He actually has it at forty two point seven one to twenty eight point five three TCU. I love the precision there. Honestly, smart, smart prediction. Um, another one that I would hate. 
Uh, Taylor okay. Smith at Bad Bill Fishing. I think he had a really good. I can't remember. I think he called one earlier this season. I think he did. Yeah. Um, Letty Brown has two 50 plus yard runs, but Johnston has another capital G A M E game, and TCU wins 31 27. I would hate that um, too. We're Tommy getting like a confidence at, range yeah, in here. Yeah, we are. I know. I like it. Tommy uh, at TRF 5 1, a little more confident. Uh, I think TCU defense plays well with some of their players back. Um, I. I I don't know if we have all our players back, especially not THT. The offense will continue to improve. 42-14 TCU. Look, name it, claim it, brother. Uh, Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Nathan Carroll says TCU wins 34-29. Yeah, so same in that range. Yeah. Andy Mitts, uh, friend over who does some Kansas stuff. Uh, one quarterback will struggle more than the other, but both running backs will go off, and fans from both teams will be utterly disappointed in their defense, no matter who wins. That's a yep, pretty that good. That sounds uh, about right. Um, um, the only, the only, what, the only West Virginia prediction we have is from Justice Beaver, who is a uh, a crime fighting Beaver. Twenty four twenty one West Virginia. That is a great segue into worst case because that feels right. like my worst case scenario <laughs> is that uh, TCU goes up like twenty one to three, and then yeah. West Virginia scores three touchdowns over the course of the next eighteen drives or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Oof. that was not great. Um, J. Ross, Texas. <laughs> Gary makes Matt Jennings go in and run the wild frog on four downs at the goal line. <laughs> Matt, Matt's more of a slot receiver, um, having known him. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so is your worst case kind of that, that scenario that 27, 24? Yeah. I think, I think literally the worst case is TCU comes out. They go to, they go, um, you know, they, they go to Johnston early and maybe Tay Barber gets that. Maybe they get a kick return or something stupid. And it man, it's like, man, this is awesome. Like 21 to three, uh, in the middle of the second quarter. And then Letty Brown, big run makes it 21, 10 at the half. West Virginia yeah. gets the ball. They drive, they maybe get a pass interference or something stupid because uh, God knows they're not actually going to pass it. And then they they score, and then they score another one, and TCU's offense just absolutely stalls. That That's my nightmare here. One, because TCU kind of gives up and then plays into the conservatism. Sure. But two, because they also just can't – they just can't do anything after halftime. That's what so, I'm worried about. So your nightmare, to contextualize it, would be more of like if the Texas Tech strategy didn't work. Where you, you get a big lead off some yep. dumb stuff, and then you you shut yes. it down, and then it, it doesn't it backfires. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I think mine is more just sort of a defensive struggle from the out and out. Um, I say struggle correctly because these defenses should struggle, but it's one of those things where for some reason the offense is whatever game plan they had doesn't work. Um, you know, West Virginia's an offense is pretty inept, and TCU's um, I, I would say it's probably due for a dud. So let's call it. Um, you know, 24, 20, yeah, I mean, I think he said 24, 21. I like that. But 24, 21, West Virginia. But, but, but it's, it's a slog from the start, I think, would be how, yeah. how Bond shapes out. Rock, rock fight. It's a rock fight. Yes, it's a rock fight. This game yeah, should yeah. be this game should be a boring win. And if it's a rock fight, oof. Yeah. Um, but best case, right, boring win. I mean, I, I think TCU finds those spaces that we talked about. I, I think, um, as we talked about, they're probably not going to put their – well, no, this is my best case. This is what I want. So I'm going to say um, – I'm going to say 49-21 TCU. Yeah, I'm, I was looking at the, the Baylor-West Virginia score because I think that, like, this that was 45-20. 48-17. That's about as high as it can okay. go for me. Yeah, yeah, is, is, right. Look, man, that's three scoring drives from West Virginia. Um, 
allows for a stupid touchdown and it's 40. Yeah, yeah. And they score more than Baylor did. Sure. That's yeah, great. Sure. Yeah, I just want to score more than Baylor. Um, actual real predictions. I, I I think TCU wins this game. I, I don't think we get the satisfaction that we want. I, I'd probably call it 35-24 TCU. It's an actual prediction. Yeah. Are you ready for this? TCU's offense. Oh, sorry. All right. offense, third in EPA per play right now. They're very third good in EPA per pass. Nineteenth in EPA per rush. Hot dang! One thing that I really love about this, TCU is getting quality possessions at a fifty-five point nine percent rate. Grant, West Virginia is allowing them at a at a fifty-eight point five. That's thirty-third in the nation for TCU. Hundred seventh for West Virginia. TCU is going to have opportunities to score. Um, I, I really like what they're able to do on early downs. Ninth in EPA per play on early downs. West Virginia's defense is 79th in EPA allowed on early downs. And so I think that TCU is absolutely going to score the ball here. I am worried about them pulling up on the back end. And I am worried about giving up a stupid big rush play because that's just inevitably going to happen. My model has this at 42.71 uh, to 28.53. So 42.28. I'm going to come down a little bit on that and say, I don't think TCU gets there. Give me 38, 21, 38, 21. Okay. Okay. Very similar to mine. Um, Parker, I want to whip around the big 12 real quick because I just saw something that I don't understand. TCU, by the way, four and a half, uh, according to an unnamed source, TCU, a four and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, Iowa state is a seven point favorite against Oklahoma state. I now, picked him today. Did he? Well, so Iowa State, like outright or or spread? Spread. I know Iowa State's losses are what to Iowa, and then just the weirdest Baylor game of all time, right? Uh, I, I even I even can comprehend that they would win by seven or more points. It amazes me that the that the line is this high. Like it's a like it's number eighteen yeah. in the country. The line is really down on Oklahoma State's offense, and they should be. Oklahoma State's offense sure. is not good at all. No, Jim Knowles no, no, no. is doing a great job on defense, but here's the thing. West, uh, Iowa State's defense is not like a scheme us and beat us defense. It's like a we're going to line up and execute, and either it works right. or it doesn't. So right. um, in a battle of execution, I think that, that that gap is a little bit closer. And then Iowa State's defense is so much better than anything Oklahoma State has seen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have – so like Baylor scored early – they had a pretty good field position, and they kind of had like the novelty of a new offense that hasn't really been run. Mm-hmm. And they have some freak skill players. I don't think Oklahoma State has any of that going for it. I don't think that they'll be able to pop off big plays as as, as high probability. So I, I like Iowa State there. Okay, I don't. Uh, Texas Tech, oh boy, a one-point favorite against Kansas State. Chris Kleiman very much would like you to pick his team. Just for morale. Whoever purposes. tweeted, whoever tweeted the Jeb Bush "Please clap" meme first about the climate <laughs> quote wins. The nineteen hundred people who tweeted it after that guy, lame. But the first person to do it, congrats, big fan. Uh, I I would pick t- uh, Kansas State here. The o- I would like really to think so. I think two. their variance is a little a little lower, and I I do think that Texas Tech is unraveling slowly. Maybe quickly. Slowly. Yeah, slowly. Uh, 
generous term. Oklahoma is a 38.5-point favorite at Kansas. Um, I'm not touching that game with a 10-foot pole, but um, Oklahoma should roll easily. Dude, Oklahoma's pass defense is so bad. They're going to get smoked in the first round of the playoff by whoever. Like, Stetson Bennett is going to throw for, like, 450 (laughs) yards in the first round of the playoff. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, probably. Um, There are no top. 25 matchups this week i'm trying to find it no this slate kind of sucks man wake wake forest is a three-point favorite at army yes i talked about that one on the bet us show today um okay. i so i don't want to spend a ton of time on that just because i've already talked about it like 20 minutes ago i guess that's two hours ago now but um this one is weird just because the matchups like wake forest passing offense is pretty good and so i just don't know army army also had to play wisconsin last week like that's hard I'm slightly yeah. leaning towards Wake, but I explain it in depth if you're more interested in that. Um, yeah, yeah but like that. Oregon UCLA doesn't have a lot of yeah. sex appeal for me. It, Matt Corral might be out for LSU Ole Miss. Um, Which is honestly, shame. App State. I'm gonna when, when we're done here, App State Coastal is like what I'm doing with my night. So that that's probably it's the best game of the week, week, honestly. Yeah, I mean USC Notre Dame. Um, but USC stinks, so I don't necessarily see the point in that. Notre um, Dame might stink too, man. Yeah, oh it's just no, not they good. do. Um, it is. Maybe it is. Northwestern Al- Michigan is going to be good. Uh, you I, couldn't pay me to good, watch that it's game. Be close. No yeah. game involving Northwestern football is good. Um, it is Tennessee Alabama week, which is just the excuse to remind our listeners to go watch the uh, Alabama fan hates Tennessee video on YouTube. Um, <laughs> it's not the kind of orange you can sit with. It's a throw up inside of a pumpkin orange, and I don't like pumpkins. Uh, <laughs> the There's a looks lot like- of games here. The stadium looks like a garbage <laughs> workers' convention. <laughs> I'm not a dog person. They low down, they're dirty, they some snitches. I shout out to that man. He's invited on the Purple Theory podcast at any time. Yeah, I, I honestly, I bet I could find him. I know some. I know some. Bambers. He just they um, he just did an interview. Um, actually, I need to go read it. But someone like found oh. him and did a piece about it. Shoot him a DM, man. There's a couple games this weekend that I'm interested in, like before the season, but that kind of suck now. So like Tulane, SMU, Memphis, yeah. UCF. Indiana, Ohio uh, State. Even, even like, yeah, yeah, that one is one that I don't even think twice about now. But Indiana, before the season, I was like, oh, that might yeah. be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nevada, Fresno is at least Ooh, decent. Okay. okay. San Diego State Air Force. But generally, I mean, there's just not a, a ton of great football this weekend. I mean, it's football. It's great. I love football. But yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice weekend. Go outside. I'm going to be at a winery in California. Oh. So I don't care. Pitt Clemson. Pitt oh, Clemson's the weird God. one this week. That one's sexy. Now, Pitt Clemson, a battle of a ranked team against an unranked team. Your guess? An offensive <laughs> an offensive juggernaut, a defensive juggernaut against a team struggling to find its identity. Uh, who's Heisman, who? None, none can say. A Heisman favorite taking the field. Um, yeah, that's going to be really weird. Playoff implications on the line. <laughs> <laughs> my god yeah i don't know man um yeah it, it's, it's guaranteed a, it's a that guaranteed that one loss acc champion pit gets in over cincinnati <laughs> oh no without a doubt With, uh, they'll beat in clemson of course they'll get in they beat clemson's, clemson. clemson's gonna get ranked win. 25th because of the quality loss of Pitt. <laughs> uh jeez, man wild yeah these are these are wild these are you know, some bad games i think i'm i think i threw a little money at pit honestly just live your life you know yeah, whatever. Ride the train, baby. Pat and our responsibly. Some cash. Yes. Or well, um, have a bankroll before the season. Sure. That's all. That's all. Yeah, and, and only if it's legal in your state. Damn the man. Whatever. 
Um, oh, can I give a shout out before we leave real quick? Yeah, we got to do something else too, I think. Okay. You, go ahead. I'll think about it. Okay. Um, I, I did this last year and I, I want to do it again. West Virginia's athletic department. Uh, it's a sponsored piece. I won't read the sponsor because I don't believe in that. But they do a really good like preview of other teams. Um, so like, Okay, last year I think we made fun of it ruthlessly, but yes. Did we? Oh, well, because I think they got some... Um, they, just, they, just, they had an error. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to say mean things about... Oh, my God! Can Not I read? Bad? No, oh, we're deep enough in it. Can I oh. read you the opening sentence? Please. We are halfway through the 2021 college football season, and earlier this week, veteran TCU coach Gary Patterson felt the need to address a lengthy essay Horn Frog graduate Matt Jennings wrote. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Um, I know we said we weren't going to talk God about me. it, but the fact that the other team's athletic department is writing about it. That's funny. That, well, okay. So, so I was talking to um, unnamed TCU, uh, unnamed unnamed TCU source, and uh, he was talking about how it's not really a TCU source. Um, he was talking about how he was surprised that no one had just decided we're going to needle Gary Patterson until he breaks. Um, we're just going to screw with him. So like he was talking about the the SMU take a step back tweet, and he's mm-hmm. saying like. Gary's lucky that the Big 12 is full of Boy Scouts, relatively, in terms of, like, who they are oh, yeah. uh, coaching-wise. Because yeah. if Lane Kiffin was in the Big 12, I mean, that'd imagine, be, like, emotional terrorism, right? Imagine like, if Steve Spurrier was in the Big 12. Exactly. So, like, if there was a hate-and-ass Big 12 coach, oh, um, I think they could they could make things real uncomfortable. So, um yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have anything else. Those of you who sent me the secret word from last week's podcast will probably go get a beer, and I'll probably end up tweeting where we go. But I'll, I'll definitely message y'all on Friday before the game. We'll go somewhere and, and meet meet some of y'all that are in town for the game, and say, hey, uh, I'll be at the game. So you know, if you're tailgating and it's cooler than my setup, holler. It's probably not cooler than my setup, so I'm probably not going to come say hey. But mm-hmm. you can always try. Um, other than that, living our lives. Living our lives. Um, yeah. Do you want to close it? You want to close it? You haven't closed this out in a while. I think it's your, oh, oh, wait, I, I, I have one, it's kind I, of, well, I have one other thing to promote. The last couple of weeks you've you cut me off is why, so. Well, that may be true. <laughs> I have one thing to promote, and then, and then, and then it's all you. Um, okay. I'm hopping on the Motown podcast, which is a West Virginia sports podcast, uh, tomorrow evening we're recording, so make sure to listen to that when it comes out. Um, they're good dudes. Sweet. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and... and- Tweet that, and we'll yeah. we'll make sure that's out and everything. Because yeah. one, I like to talk about different people, but two, that's that's just cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. Yep. Uh, this is you know how to do it. Podcast. Go ahead. It's all you. Uh, you can go follow Grant on Twitter at Grant McGalliard, spelled like it sounds with all those vowels, and you can follow me on Twitter at stats o war make sure that when you're bored at work tomorrow during lunch you hop on the youtube channel and watch the bet us college football show i'll be on there talking about games doing all my nerd stuff and um other than that we'll be around and and uh we'll talk to y'all soon go frogs go frogs